Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Becoming a new mother can bring up a lot of conflicting emotions. On one hand, you're obviously filled with gratitude and joy and, of course, love for your newborn baby. But motherhood can also bring with it a lot of feelings of guilt, despair and an emotion that not many people feel comfortable talking about. Loneliness. But someone who is talking about it is the author of a new book, Hide and Seek, Andrea Mara. Andrea joins me in studio. Welcome to the show, Andrea. Thanks, Stephanie. How are you getting on? Uh, good. Hot. Hot like everybody. Oh, God, it's, good. it's cool <laughs> enough in here, though, isn't it? It's lovely in here. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to stay in here. Um, so tell me about your experience uh, after after you had your first baby. Did the loneliness hit you straight after the birth? or As soon as my husband went back to work, I think he was off for a week. I, I think paternity leave is two weeks now, but this was 14 years ago. This is 2007. Yeah. 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 And, you know, there's all the usual thing, the shock to the system when you have a new baby, baby blues, all that kind of thing. But then when he went back to work and I was just at home with a baby, it was such a shock to the system. So you were prepared for all the stuff before that, the change and the the baby blues, as you call it. Yeah, exactly. And but, like, you know, we had thought about, oh, which pram to buy and where to put the Moses basket, all the practical stuff. And mm-hmm. we'd been sent lists for the hospital bag and we'd looked up websites. So I, I thought I knew what I was doing, but it was such a jump from being at work five days a week in a busy open plan office where I was chatting to people all day long to being, I mean, I wasn't on my own at home, but the other person in the house was a newborn baby who just either slept or fed or cried and I mean, I loved her to bits, but I was terrified that I was going to get something wrong, mess up somehow, break her somehow. And I had nobody to talk to all day, every day. So, yeah, found it really, really lonely. And did you have friends or any other people who had had kids or was it that you weren't reaching out or they weren't reaching in? How do you think it happened? So I had one other friend who had a baby a week after me and none of the rest of our group of friends had kids yet. And we, so myself and my friend, Emily, we used to meet up once a week in Dundrum and I mean, this was Celtic Tiger Day. So we used to just buy things to make ourselves feel better and go, <laughs> to, the lovely, that, <laughs> go to the lovely feeding rooms in Dundrum. In fairness, Dundrum is really baby friendly. So that's a big reason we went there and we could just sit in the baby feeding room and chat and feed the babies. But that was kind of once a week or twice at most. But then there's still five days when you're just at home kind of going, what do I do now? Will I go for another walk? Or And also this was pre smartphones, pre-audiobooks, podcasts, none of that. So going for a walk was really just going for a walk. With and your own thoughts yeah, still. Yeah. Were you watching TV? What, what, how long did this period last? Um, I'd say it was the first three months or so. I used to listen to the radio, actually. Um, so I had the radio on all morning, every morning. And you start to actually think you're best friends with radio presenters. <laughs> so watch out for that. <laughs> People <laughs> might think you're their best friend if they're at home listening. Um, definitely uh, that helped. But other than that, I was just waiting for my husband to come home every evening. And like, he, you know, he was gone from, I suppose, half seven in the morning till seven in the evening. And I'd literally be pacing up and down the sitting room because... Uh, as a lot of people who are listening who have small babies know, there's kind of this witching hour thing where a lot of small babies are crying um, in the evening time. So I would just have her in my arms, on my shoulder, pacing up and down, waiting for the sound of the car in the driveway so that I'd have another person to talk to and maybe hold the baby while I make a cup of tea or 
you know, whatever, just sit down for a few minutes on my own. And did your husband and your friends and your family know how lonely you were or did you feel like you couldn't really talk about that? I don't think anybody knew and I don't think I even made a conscious decision not to talk about it. I think I was completely overwhelmed and just sort of threading water every day to get through it. So I never even had a moment to stop and go, wait, what's going on here? I am lonely. What is wrong? Is this normal? Is this not normal? There was like, I remember I used to get text messages and think, oh my God, I'm so stressed. I can't reply to this text. What am I going to do? So there was no minute to stop and go, what's going on here? I just kept muddling through. It sounds, it sounds very intense. And uh, yeah, I guess loneliness is not something that I guess people are expecting like you hear about the baby blues you hear about the stress the change the exhaustion but loneliness is not something that really people talk about too much and you know there's this sort of it takes a village Mm -hmm. motto like it takes a village to raise a child but it seems that that village is actually kind of gone now that we're much more insular yeah and like you know I'm I was living in a typical Dublin suburb in a housing estate where most people where there were couples where both people were out at work every day. Um, So there was nobody around and all my family, my sisters were all at work every day. My dad was at work every day. And as I was saying, most of my friends didn't have kids yet. So, I mean, I think even today it could be different because there's so much working from home after COVID. There's a lot more people around than ever before. So even that would have helped. Or um, communities that set up through like, say, online parenting groups. That's something I discovered more so with my third child but I literally didn't have a smartphone with my first child so there was none of that Um, but I think yeah you're right like those days where people grew up living next door to their parents and their sister-in-law and their brother-in-law they are not as common as they used to be so we don't really have that village as much as we used to it definitely gets easier if you have more than one child um, you know because more and more people of your friends maybe have had kids too and are at home on maternity leave and you you figure figure out what you're doing. And like, I don't mean any of this to sound like scaremongering or, you know, I hope there aren't people who are listening who are expecting a first baby going, oh, dear God, this is going to be horrific. It's more to be hopefully helpful to say, do you know what? Actually, if you feel lonely, you're not doing anything wrong. It's normal enough. Some people do feel like this. And in your subsequent children and, and now that, you know, times have moved on from 2007, if there are people, you know, at home with a baby right now listening to the radio for 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 their uh, from partnership what would you say like what were the things that you wish you would have known or that you wish you would have done I wish I had known how many baby and mom activities there are out there and I don't know if they didn't exist in 2007 or I just didn't know or the internet wasn't as available to to check these things out but with my third child I did like a mom and baby boot camp up in a local park which I really loved so like the babies were all in their prams and buggies and the moms were doing like not very challenging boot camp type exercise I did a mom and baby massage class which again was really an excuse for tea and cake and then you do a bit massage and you chat to the other moms. As in you massage the baby? You, or you, you massage the baby right, okay. and you're mostly there chatting to the other moms though which is the beauty of which the thing. The There's so many groups out there now like that and I just didn't know about them back when my first baby was born. And do you feel that as an, you know you were saying uh, because I was reading the blog post that you wrote that you know 
eventually like stepping out of the house takes so much planning and all of that like do you think that you would have been able back in 2007 to summon the will and all of the accoutrements to go and do those classes I think in the very early days no because I was up you know six times a night feeding the baby so getting out of bed in the morning just wouldn't have been doable anyway but I think if I had known these things are out there so make a plan that maybe in four weeks time I'm going to sign up for something but it just didn't it, I? Ju- I could just see the six months of maternity leave ahead, where I was at home on my own with nobody to talk to. So I suppose a bit of a mix, and and everyone is different as well. Like some people are really happy just to kind of bed down at home with their newborn and relax, lie on the couch, feed the baby, don't worry about housework or seeing people. Switch on the radio, put on TV, put on a podcast, whatever. And you know that's really nice. But for anybody who is finding it difficult not having anyone to talk to. It's good to know, I think, now that there are lots of things out there when you feel ready to get up and out in the morning. Though it is a pity so many of them are early in the morning because that's hard. Because that's hard when you've been up Mm -hmm. all night. Um, So you eventually then wrote this blog post, which you said was really cathartic. Tell me about the response that the blog post had. Well, that was the thing. So many people replied to me um, on the blog post saying that they had felt that way too. And I was really taken aback because I thought I was at the time admitting something that was unusual but countless people got in touch. It was probably one of the most read blog posts I ever wrote at the time that seemed to resonate with more people than anything else I'd written. People getting in touch to say that they had felt that way too and that they felt guilty for feeling lonely which I completely relate to as well because Mm -hmm. you do, you kind of think my God I am so lucky I have a healthy baby there are people out there who can have children and that and who want children and can't have them and that's absolutely devastating and you kind of go who am I to be worrying about feeling lonely when I'm so lucky to have this gorgeous beautiful healthy child so you feel guilty about it too but I think like everything in life it's okay to acknowledge that we're lucky but also that it's hard and maybe that's something we're not great at. Yeah it's interesting isn't it the, that that response when you think that you're the only one who has the emotion or the feeling and then you get this wave of people being like me too, me too, me too. It's kind of sad that they're, you know, it does give you the sense that like we do maybe need that village um, that that, that is is gone. Um, Tell us before we let you go about Hide and Seek. I've read it. It's very, very good. (laughs) Um, Hide and Seek inspired by my child who keeps doing things that put the heart crossways on me and then lead to writing books. So yeah, it's about a game of Hide and Seek. So a group of children are playing on the green. Typical game of hide and seek and at the end of the game one child can't be found and the adults join in the search and the day goes by but they still can't find the child and the child is never found. So 30 years go by and a new family move into the house where the missing child used to live. And Joanna, who's the mom of the family, she discovers that the house has this tragic past and she's kind of unsettled but curious and she starts Googling and then she discovers something huge about the missing child. And I shouldn't give that away, I guess. No, yeah, no, I'd say leave it there. Um, No, it is. It's really good. And I know that if you're listening you know, broadcasters often have authors on and they're like, oh, your book was great. Well done. But this is a really, really good book. And yesterday, you'll remember if you were listening, 
that someone texted into the show after we had Bob Johnson on from Gutter Bookshop and said, I'm falling out of love with reading and I really want to get another book that will get me back into reading. Can you recommend one? And I recommended All Her Fault, which is also by you. Thank you. Uh, no, but it's 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 an amazing book. Um, and Hide and Seek as well. One of those books that you just pick up, you start reading and then you can forget about the dishes and your workload because you'll just keep on reading it. Um, if people want to find the book, it's in... Everywhere, all- Easton's Dubray, online, all the bookshops. That's Hide and Seek by Andrea Mara. Andrea, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Yeah, you're very welcome. Um, Yeah, no, very, very, very genuine endorsement of that book from me. Uh, Now it's time to give away some money. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.